What's poppin' and welcome to Popcorn with Jolis Adyarian, your stop for all things pop, where we talk about all things pop culture here in the Philippines and the rest of the globe. And of course, we are all still in our homes because we are still on quarantine. So this is a special report from Popcorn outside our regular programming in response to current events in the country, specifically the threat against our very own freedoms with the shutdown of ABS-CBN broadcasts on television and radio. So before we begin our special coverage on this whole topic, I'll introduce my co-host for the day. Uh, you've heard all of them on the show before, and uh, I'll just do a brief introduction. Of course, let's welcome back Paula. Hey, Paula. Hey. We also have Erica on here. Hello. Hi, guys. And we have Mr. Rambo. Welcome back, Ram. Hello. Rambo reports. <laughs> And we also have our Swifty. <laughs> Swifty talaga. <laughs> Reg is also here with us. Hello, Reg. Hello, hello. So, kamusta kayo lahat? I mean, it's all kind of like a really tough time as well for everyone, especially with what happened yesterday. Yeah. Heavy, heavy. Mm. Mostly angry. I think that's mm-hmm. just the general sentiment that I'm sure everyone in this group is feeling right now so i mean i guess we're all up to speed hopefully on everything that has happened uh, we'll just give a quick discussion on the events that transpired so i mean we talked about this earlier in the year mga february i think na yeah. yun nga, there was a lot of talk about the abs-cbn shutdown and all the talks in the congress and you know there were a lot of uh, gatherings as well to come together to help the company, the network, continue on with their service. And, you know, uh, the corona pandemic happened and everyone thought na parang, okay, um, maybe begin a provisions to continue on, especially in these times that we're facing and that, um, you know, it's not the most, the biggest priority to like shut down a network in a sense na, you know, even with, uh, especially with what, we are all experiencing now. We need such uh, platforms to be able to be updated with the news. And just yesterday, May 4th, uh, the National Telecommunications Commission or NTC issued a cease and desist order against ABS-CBN after the legislative franchise expired on May 4th. So quick facts lang naman. Um, so they just cited the Republic Act uh, on the radio control law Na saying that uh, a network can't operate without having obtained a franchise from the Congress, which has expired nga the same uh, two days ago. And yung nga, ABS-CBN no longer has a valid and subsisting congressional franchise as required by Act Number 3846. So after receipt of that response, um, NTC is saying that ABS-CBN can respond and they shall schedule a case of hearing at the earliest time after the enhanced community quarantine is lifted by the government. So aside from that, uh, a lot of things have also transpired in the House, of, uh, such as House Speaker Alan Cayetano said naman na, you know, given the everything that's happening, that he assured that ABS-CBN will not shut down un- even if its franchise lapses. So ang dami na nangyari in Congress, including... Uh, the Cayetano and Palawan representative Franz Alvarez uh, earlier sent a letter to NTC say, saying that 
they should grant provisional authority nga to ABS-CBN effective on May 4. But at the same time, Solicitor General Jose Calida, earlier, who earlier filed the warrant, warrant to petition against ABS-CBN, um, he's also sort of, what's the word? There is a threat against ABS-CBN or a threat to NTC to stop the franchise. So that's kind of like the facts behind it. And nga, yesterday, May 5th, at around 8 p.m. Uh, after TV Patrol aired, the uh, ABS-CBN shut off their uh, transmitters and went all black after the sign-off. So aside from ABS-CBN, the channel, DZMM Radio and uh, MOR Radio have also shut down. But ABS-CBN uh, other channels, cable channel ANC, along with online pl- platforms such as the websites and social media along with the I Want streaming service, are still operational up to this day. So just a rundown for people who aren't quite familiar with what happened. But I guess it's where our conversation begins regarding this. So uh, what do you guys think about everything that has happened? For me, ano lang, um, as someone who doesn't necessarily work for the company or directly work for the company, you know, uh, I parang it's been a part of my life, ABS-CBN, in one way or another, through Entertainment Man, or, you know, I've also interned there for a short time, and even up to my professional life right now, na I still go to ABS-CBN and work with a lot of people who work there. So, I mean, a lot of people are affected by this, for sure. The 11,000 employees, not just that, but their families, and also everyone else who doesn't have the internet, such as we do, to gain access to information. They're the most vulnerable to this. And it's just really sad to have the government uh, use this vulnerable time for all of us to like do this and have a political move pa amidst the pandemic. I mean, that's really my uh, opinion on this or my take on this. But I'm sure the rest of us have the same sentiments man. Gusto kong dagdagan yung sinabi mo, Cholo, and I think it's really nice that you opened up with how how ABS-CBN has been such a big part of your life. This is really something that's important. This is really something big. ABS-CBN, the biggest media network in the Philippines. Imagine, for example, half of American networks being um, wiped out, as in off air. It's the same as here in the Philippines because ABS-CBN basically owns 50% of um, the content and the, the news that people consume, ABS-CBN. Uh, kung may nakausap kang taga-Mainila o taga-probinsya, alam nila ABS-CBN. It's really mm-hmm. uh, a household name. It's, it's, it's actually um, described once sa isang hearing, sa Senate hearing, I believe, na it's like you pulled out all of the San Miguel beer bottles mm-hmm. out of all Filipino shelves. It's that big. Kasi ang daming mga tao talagang umaasa sa ABS-CBN. And uh, also to contextualize this, ang ganda rin na sinabi mo, Cholo, na um, the government is doing this at a time when the country is vulnerable, mm-hmm. when everybody is suffering collective trauma under the coronavirus pandemic. So um, there's not much room for public outcry kasi sarado ang ano, yeah. public spaces. Hindi ka, makakapag, hindi ka makakalabas to protest and Filipinos are um, known to actually go out and uh, show their sentiments. Pero ngayon na may pandemic, hindi magawa ito. 
and uh, this is part of a broader attack against the press kasi kitang-kita natin na well the ABS-CBN is not the first and mm. it wouldn't be the last but ABS-CBN as the biggest media company is the biggest precedent i said if you can do that to ABS-CBN kung pwede mo yung gawin sa ABS-CBN pwede mo yung gawin sa ibang media companies mm. ibang media networks so merong chilling effect sa media industry sa journalists sa yung pag yung ginag ginag yung ginawa ng government sa pagsasara sa ABS-CBN um part a part of it has caused fear but i guess the general sentiment now is anger rage mm. last night sadness as in maraming nag-tweet sa journalist friends ko na siya sabi tonight we will cry tonight we will mourn but tomorrow we will fight back we will push back And uh, if I may add then, I also believe this is a blatant attack on the poor. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember a friend of mine, we were talking about it yesterday, and she said, grabe, parang nakakalimutan nila na minsan ABS-CBN talagang nakakaabot sa malalayong lugar na walang mm-hmm. signal sa GMA, walang signal sa TV5, walang signal even for data. That's the only thing they can consume, and that's the only way they can be updated with the coronavirus pandemic. And sinabi ko sa kanya, well, I think that this is a calculated thing. I definitely believe that this thought hasn't escaped their mind. I feel like part of it then is they really want to ano, to uh, cripple the masses, especially in terms of how much information can reach them. And that really, really saddened me last night. Kasi these people are also the most vulnerable. Diba ngayon? So... Yeah, that's my stance on all of this first and foremost. It's an attack on press freedom and it's an attack on the poor. Those two things. Um, yeah, I vehemently agree. I think they, we tend to forget just how many people in the country don't have ac- access to electricity, television, that battery-operated radio is the only source of information and entertainment that they have. And in a time when we need constant information and even entertainment to help us cope with such a big struggle in our lives, parang you're crippling so much more than you realize by removing ABS-CBN and its radio networks off the air. So many people rely on these, especially in the provinces where they have their own local broadcast, their own local news. Siyempre, hindi naman tayo pwedeng lahat nakarelay lang sa national news. And ABS-CBN provides such vital information for everyone. And ayun, parang iniisip ko rin like the psychological impact na everyday ang lala na nangyayari around you and parang minsan you just need to rely on something familiar and something to entertain you kahit ilang oras lang or ilang minutes lang every day and ABS-CBN provided that to so many Filipinos so ngayon ano parang we'll just wallow in sadness let's say na kahit na may ibang stations iba pa rin kasi pag familiar sa iyo eh iba pa rin pag pamilya mo diba mm-hmm. when it's something that you've grown up with and find sense of comfort with parang to take that away from you is such a big hit, such a big blow. I just don't I just don't think many people realize just how big of an impact it is. Not just, you know, on the news, but like culturally and emotionally for so many Filipinos. That's me. And aside from the news din kasi, parang the news is a part of it, pero yung ngayon na panahon na kailangan ng tao ng entertainment na mga programa, kahit iba na yung mga programa, binabalik lang nila yung mga old programs sila. I mean, it's sort of relief in a sense na people need this kind of relief at this time. And 
you know, it's being taken away from them. Kasi hindi naman nga lahat may internet talaga. Uh, swerte tayo na may ganito tayong platform to have entertainment, but not everyone has the same access as we do. And it's beyond us, beyond the 11,000 families. And, you know, it's really, yun nga, not just nationwide, pero worldwide then with TFC. Yeah. Um, may post ako nabasa sa friend ko kahapon na they rely on TFC, yung parang broadcast ng Bandila on their side of the globe to be updated with Philippine news also. So, you know, it really changes everyone's, you know, routine and also the way they get things. So, it's really sad nga to have this sort of uh, removed and so quickly without any announcements. Same night they announced, parang okay, tanggal na kayo. Um, good thing you brought up entertainment, Cholo. Kasi I can't help but think na ABS-CBN, like full credit to them, um, they have also brought extremely important uh, issues to the mainstream media na hindi talaga pinag-uusapan dati. Um, mm-hmm. They would uh, especially talk about uh, LGBT issues then sa mga pelikula nila at sa mga teleserye nila na to be honest, these people have a preconceived notion of um, how LGBT characters are. Eh. But then ABS-CBN did um, come up with uh, certain programs to really break that mold and to show the Filipino people na parang this is, diba, this is how like in-depth and how much these, ano, these LGBT lives actually matter. And mm-hmm. these are brought to the furthest reaches of the country. And then ngayon, biglang and Regine, would you like to add anything on this? Oh yeah, I was just gonna jump off of um, the points that you guys raised regarding ABS-CBN's impact and also regarding, of course, its entertainment circle mm-hmm. no? um, and its entertainment worth. Um, apart from, I, I think a lot of people have been pointing out that, or a lot of people um, who are pro the government in this equation Try to try to paint this as an issue that doesn't have anything to do with press freedom, um, because um, everyone is affected, not just people who are in the press, and because there are supposedly other alternatives. Um, and you can actually see now that there is also a coordinated effort online to paint this picture of ABS-CBN as a kind of errant business going against the law, mm-hmm. so and so. I mean, we've seen the posts. Um, detailing the copy-paste, the copy-paste spiels on Facebook, as well as hashtag yes to ABS-CBN shutdown. And I'd just like to point out that last month, when Twitter took down hundreds of accounts, that particular hashtag was one of the suspicious online trends where it had found a lot of spammy accounts, which later turned out to be um, you know, enough for, for, for Twitter to take them down en masse. That is to say, hashtags like these, like this, like this in particular, are not organic. Yeah. And um, Rappler also has a longer, more extensive feature in that on w- which online trends are organic and which weren't. Um, and it seems to be clear that there's this kind of, you know, um, coordinated, manipulated, on online machinery at work that tries to paint a picture um, of ABS-CBN as exactly this errant company and that its closure is something 
that Filipino that the Filipino masses want and that the Filipino masses need. But precisely because of all the points that you guys raised earlier, um, precisely because of how ABS-CBN is sometimes the only source of news in some parts of the country, whether it be through radio or whether it be through television, because it's um, in some places the only station which provides news in the local language. Um, and precisely because of its entertainment impact, as well as its impact in terms of um, like relief or distributing relief relief goods and the like, um, I there is much cause to doubt whether its closure is something that the Filipino masses actually want. You know, mm. um, even even lawmakers who who were, were aligned with the president now seem to be kind of you know hesitant about the closure or about the closure of ABS-CBN because they do recognize the impact that this have and that this has and possibly also the impact that this will hold over you know their re-election campaigns or what have you um it's yeah so so there there i'll say that for now among other sentiments yeah and you're right i agree um with the regards to the parang coordinated scheme in a sense uh i think it further opens up the debate we've been having all this time in this administration where our parang what is right and wrong under the law what is above the law what is not under the law what is right or wrong morally but there's always this um fight now there's this debate between that na parang, oh they're not following kasi the franchise kaya tama lang na alisin sila pero at the same time at this time nga that we're experiencing, ano nga ba yung tama na sundin? Na tama ba na tanggalin sila dahil, dahil lang na it's yeah. in the law na ganyan? Or tama ba na payagan silang magpatuloy dahil kailangan ito ng mga tao na who the government in itself is serving dapat, di ba? I like what you raised right now, Cholo and Regine, yung sinasabi nyo na actually this is very, this is a central message right now by the propaganda machine that's controlled by the government. And this is a message that's been repeated over and over again. Those who break the law should be punished. That's a central message of this administration. President Duterte is the punisher. Let's remember, that's how he won the 2016 election. And that's a message that's being followed up right now with the president, the punisher, punishing people who do not follow the law. So people are tweeting or trolls are tweeting uh, the repeated message is nobody is above the law. Nobody is above the law. But let's put that into context. Who enforces the law? Who, inf who implements the law? Who interprets the law? These are the men close to the president. Solicitor General Jose Calida has been filing cases and people are already saying, legal experts are saying that his interpretation of the law is a case of legal acrobatics. The Supreme mm -hmm. Court is dominated by appointees, by President Duterte and uh, people who are described to be loyal to him. The Philippine National Police is extremely loyal to the president. And even a lot of uh, lawmakers and um, senators. So when you ask for comment, so is the, the interpretation of the law correct? They would say, oh, it's okay. So it is a culture. It's a culture that's we, that we're living already with that the, 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 the understanding of the rule of law, as in how 
how experts are actually describing it is a corrosion, the death of the rule of law under the administration. Kasi nga, kung ano lang ang gustong gawin ng administrasyon, gagawin nilang papel. It's so easy to, 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 to say that, okay, I want to close this down. There is a law. I can interpret it this way. And I'll file a case in a court that's favorable to me and I will win. That's the system that's being done right now. And it just so happened that right now, the target is ABS-CBN. We've seen this happen to drug suspects. We've seen this happen to Rappler. We've seen this happen to critics of President Duterte. You have Laila Tilima. You have Senator Trillanes. So this is not something that's happening in a vacuum. When you say that people, we are just enforcing the rule of law, we have to ask who's implementing it? Whose rule of law are we actually following right now? And to add to that, I mean, yun nga, we've seen time and again na ang daming ang ways na nababend nila yung actual law in a sense na, okay, ito nga mga bagay na to in the law, but in the sense na what is right or wrong morally or what is good for the people, do they actually implement that in their governance, diba? So uh, you're, you're really, you, you were on point in that, uh, bringing that up. Thank you, Charlie. And again, like, also, yeah, okay, you, you can you can go first. <laughs> okay, go long, go long. No, but like, at the same time, let's say ABS-CBN did violate so many of these laws, which they have proven in the mind that they haven't. Mm-hmm. But how much of a priority should this be during a pandemic? That this is what you're focusing on. That closing down a network is your highest priority, the NPC, rather than providing vital information to majority of Filipinos. Like, it's I think that's what frustrates me the most. Like, fine, if you wanted to pursue this, pursue this after COVID has at least been settled, you know. But right now when the government should be doing its best to so at least mass test everyone, they can't even do that. Instead, they choose to do this, to cripple more Filipinos, like even more. Exactly. And um, it's a good thing that you brought up the pandemic because I can't help but think that the further this goes on, parang our pandemic situation is just going to get worse because we are dealing with an uninformed populace, diba? Kung totoo sin, I firmly believe that all the trolls that keep saying na pasaway ang mga Pilipino kaya sila lumalabas, etc., etc., these people are essentially thinking of their best interest in mind and their own survival because they have nothing else to think about it. So, the fact that um, the government shut down ABS CBN purposefully chose to uh, cripple an, a, a huge chunk of the Philippine population in terms of the information they can get. It's really appalling talaga. And I really, really wonder how they can possibly go about um, containing this virus if the people themselves aren't informed in their own homes. Diba? Yeah. Baka sasabihin ng mga neighbors nila, ay pwede na lumabas, it's safe. But of course, they have no means of truly verifying this by the news kasi wala silang mapapanood eh. So ang mangyayari, it's gonna be a 50-50 situation in, in their heads na parang, okay, sige, maybe I can go out, I trust my neighbor. Hmm. But as a matter of fact, the neighbor could be an unknowing purveyor of fake news. Diba? It, it spitballs. And I think it will spitball even faster from here. Yeah. Agree. I think especially now, I think information and news are almost as vital as like food and water in our day-to-day lives. We are desperate for news to be able to just live, you know, because like wrong information can actually mean death. 
to a large population large chunk of our population now kung lumabas ka lang na hindi pala pwede and hindi mo alam pwede kang mamatay diba exactly. and yeah. how is that your fault when the government stops you from being informed anyway and it's really opening up another big issue of where does the government's uh, loyalty lie because kaka announced lang then a few days ago na okay they're allowing the opening the reopening of chinese pogos in the country for example and uh, where does how does that contribute to the nation and to the people and how they're dealing with this pandemic compared to yun nga abs-cbn's um impact on the daily lives of people and you know if you talk about taxes as well pogo has around 50 billion yata of uh um unpaid taxes towards the government and abs-cbn um the facts say that uh they paid much more than that in the past how many years as well okay maybe i'll just weigh in before um before engaging with the, the question that you raised about pogos right because a lot of people mm -hmm. have also been been bringing it up um i just wanted to add on to what you guys said earlier about how the legal acrobatics here are really meant to obfuscate the facts at hand and to distract from how appalling the move of shutting down ABS-CBN is. Not just because there are 11,000 jobs that are on the line and therefore 11,000 families that are also on the line, but also because of millions of viewers will be deprived of information. Earlier today, there was news that um, Joey Salceda of Bicol already said that they're estimating that there will be a couple of thousand more COVID infections because of the closure of ABS-CBN. Now, we can't be sure about these numbers, of course, or how exact or accurate they will be. But for sure, there will be um, a likely impact of this on, non -partisan, on the non-partisan state of affairs. For sure, there will be because of deprivation of information or the lack of reliable information. Um, a more more possibility of a spread of the virus and this isn't even about you know um political coverage or criticism of the government um by shutting down abs-cbn they're shutting down not just abs-cbn's coverage um that is supposedly political or critical of the government but they're also shutting down vital information like you know hygiene like updating people on whether or not we are really you know um we're really flattening the curve um, you're right. Like so one of you guys mentioned earlier, that people will probably think that it's safe to go out, maybe, or they'll trust more unreliable sources of inf more unreliable sources of information, and that's going to result in more, um, possibly more cases of COVID coming up. So th that's one thing that's particularly alarming about this situation. Um, with regard to the question on POGOs, so if, if I could just like open up that, that conversation. Um, it's been very clear, I guess, from the onset that there seems to be a kind of selectivity in terms of the application of the law, so to speak, and also in terms of, you know, um, who the government seems to or is reported to favor and is reported to single out you know um a lot of uh, a number of lawmakers um not necessarily even opposition lawmakers have also raised concerns about pogos in the country and they're 
yesterday I just reread the report from Asian Decay Review um, that talks about how a number of these POGOs aren't even registered in the Philippines um, and issues like that. So maybe the, your um, readers might want to look look into those those concerns as well. Um, there is also a lot of labor issues or um, concerns that also cloud the pogo industry, not just for Filipinos at hand, but also for even for the Chinese migrant workers who come here. Um, and Rappler has also done reporting on that as well. So there's a lot of literature, I guess, that um, people or your listeners can look into when when reading up on the pogo industry here. So I re recall in relation to what you said, Sholo, that opposition senator Risa Hontiveros also weighed in on this, on how a Filipino company is being shut down in the midst of a pandemic. Um, one that you can arguably say is definitely an essential industry, an essential business, because it provides us information about the pandemic. Um, meanwhile, pogos are being allowed to operate because even though you know it's not a particularly essential operation in the, in this time of you know a health crisis um a lot of people might think that these two are unrelated but it kind of still points points to a picture of where exactly um the government priorities are so there but um Just to add, I'll go, I'll go. go ahead. Uh, i wanted to add this uh pogo issue um again i wanted to zoom out dito sa Pogo, ano to? people are actually raising that there's an unfair treatment for fellow Filipinos dahil hindi ina-enforce na maayos yung sa Pogos at saka hindi nire-regulate yung Pogos as compared to Filipinos. Again, this is part of a bigger narrative of how the government has reportedly always been favoring China. This pivot to China is something that's central to the government's foreign policy. Um, itong nangyari sa Pogos ngayon na hindi rin bago under the coronavirus, just two weeks ago, as in April 23, we, we reported and lots of outlets reported that the isang Navy, Navy ship ng uh, Chinese warship. By targeting, I mean, tinutukan ng mga baril ng, ng Chinese ship ang ating Philippine Navy. And we condemned it. Pero ang tanong nakasunod is, sapat ba yun? Kinondem lang ng ating um, TFA at saka ng government on paper. Why can't we assert, why can't we also implement the law? law a law that we are uh, asserting sa South, sa West Philippine Sea. I was supposed to say South China Sea, but West Philippine Sea. And um, yung mismo regulation din ng, ano, ng mga um, Chinese nationals na hindi sumusunod sa immigration. Maraming mga Chinese nationals ang may expired visas daw. Di ba meron kasi, meron, merong full-blown investigation dito sa Senate, pero hindi rin natuloy na maayos kasi nga, ayun, nagkaroon ng pandemic. Tapos, ano rin, meron rin allegations kay President Duterte about being um, relaxed when it comes to treating Chinese drug lords. As in, this is part of a bigger um, picture too of how the government prioritizes um, enforcing the law. Bakit ngayon ang bibo-bibo nyo sa pag enforce sa ABS-CBN? Bakit parang ni railroad nyo to? Pero kung sa Pogo or sa ibang mga Chinese alleged law violators, bakit hindi nyo ma-investigahan ng ganito rin kabilis? Bakit hindi kayo mag-assert ng rule of law when it comes to them? But, uh, yun nga, it's really a bigger narrative and something that we should probably touch on in uh, other episodes. But going back to the ABS-CBN shutdown nga, parang 
I also want to ask Rambo and Reg specifically, Siyempre being in the field of journalism and uh, having been there for a while. And see, Rambo is an rappler who also experienced the same sort of shutdown or the same uh, parang fight, parang the government being aggressive against their publication. I mean, how how different is this or how similar is this and how uh, how do you think it will affect the the nation of course and the journalists and free press of uh, freedom of the press as well okay there's a lot of moving parts right now with ABS-CBN but from the beginning as in how it was enforced as in mobilis diba biglaan na lang labas ang NTC ng order na dapat sarhan ng ABS-CBN ang rappler hindi naman kami binigyan ng closure order kaagad hindi kaagad sinabi na this is effective immediately you have to close you have to stop publishing walang ganong order sa amin ng SEC at ang government we were given by the government chance to comment. Pero minadali pa rin eh, sinabi na you don't have a franchise, you, you don't have a license to operate. You can't, you can't continue operating as a business. You can't be Rappler. At ayun, uh, agad-agad kaming tinanggal sa Malacanang, sa coverage ng Malacanang, hindi kami pinapalapit kay President Duterte. And uh, we're lucky, yung mga reporters namin na sa ibang beats, hindi naman kami pinapalabas. Pero every time na Nandiyan si President Duterte, we can cover it kasi hindi kami recognized as a legitimate news outlet. Which is, you know, problematic kasi nagtatrabaho naman kami. Sa ABS-CBN, hindi pa natin alam kung paano ililimit yung kanilang coverage. Pero I think at the core of this, it's the same. Talagang it's the same case of bending the law in favor of the government's project against independent and critical journalists. Again, for context, this is... Um, ABS-CBN we're talking about. This is actually not extremely surprising kasi nung 2016 pa lang, galit na si President Duterte sa kanila. He has been threatening ABS-CBN ever since he won as president. Kasi nga, di ba, nagtatampo siya na hindi siya na, hindi, hindi in-air yung kanyang ads. Tapos, nag-air yung in-air ng ABS-CBN yung ads against yung kay Trillanes, yung ads against Duterte. So, galit siya doon and hindi na niya pinakawalan yun. Tapos si Kalida na lang mismo yung nag-investiga. Sa Rappler naman, we've been publishing critical stories about the administration and uh, they, they haven't taken it, taking it, they haven't been taking it, they haven't been taking it, um, you know, with the, with how officials should take it. Kasi nga, di ba, officials should not be onion skin. Pero sila, nagagalit sila. And, um, I guess in that pattern, we are not confident to say that this is the last time they are going to do this. Na ABS-CBN na yung huli nilang gagawin. Kasi yung Rappler nga, ang unang sinabi nila, Rappler sinasampulan lang. Eh. Mm-hmm. Ngayon, mas malaking sample ang ABS-CBN sa ibang reporters. Kaya talagang it doesn't only affect Rapplers but also other reporters sa ibang newsrooms. And with regard to that, syempre, i-bring up din natin yung this is not the first time ABS-CBN has been shut down and with our history, diba, uh, it was first shut down in September 21st, 1972 and this might be another, you know, the repeat of history na this is just the first step. But that also opens up the conversation nga na with what happened before people rallied. I mean, of course, right now, wala tayong panahon or wala tayong space to do that but it was also one of the major events in that time of martial law that really led people to get together and to um, 
you know, uh, voice their opinions and dissent against the government. But um, aside from that aspect, siyempre, Rappler is one side of the story as well. And uh, I would like to ask Reg then. Siyempre, Reg is with the Washington Post. And this, that's another angle din naman of being a Filipino working for an international publication. So how how is it different from what you've experienced, for example, in the local uh, field of journalism and now that you're covering for an international um, international publication and how is that experience going right now, Reg? Yeah, so thank you thanks for that question. For sure, the context of reporting for the foreign press is different because since I report to editors in the US and particularly in our base in Hong Kong, there is pretty much no pressure at all on our part to bend to um, any possible um, threat from the government um, because my my editors and um, my company doesn't respond to to, to the state um, and where we're not run by um, businessmen who have interests or ties here in the Philippines so that's one particular thing that I guess complicates the media economy in the Philippines and which is also what makes it sometimes very difficult for the local press to close ranks. I saw this post somewhere on Twitter yesterday that, you know, yesterday it was Rappler, today it was ABS-CBN, and you could be next tomorrow. For sure, one thing, whether or not um, corporate media entities or the businessmen who actually own media companies want to recognize it, one attack on the press is an attack on everyone. It's not just like in terms of... Um, you know, like investments or stuff like that. Um, for sure, it's going to have real, real consequences, especially now in a time like like the pandemic. Um, and this is something that I see reporters on the ground, at least rank and file employees, recognize because you'll see it um, in their online posts. Even if their companies won't, you know, issue official statements, maybe they will definitely um, lend out or shout out their support to their colleagues in um, in their competing in competing companies. Um, so that's one particular thing that I admire about the Filipino press. And, you know, I, I find it such a privilege and honor to work with such great colleagues in the industry. Um, one other thing that um, I wanted to point out with regards to the point um, raised earlier about how this is going to affect um, press freedom in the Philippines. Um, for sure, a lot of people will... Okay, like to, to kind of contextualize things a bit um, on a macro scale in terms of press freedom. Ram is right. This is definitely not the first time we've seen attacks on or intimidation toward the press. Um, and I'd just like to point out also that we slipped a couple of places down um, on the World Press Freedom Index. The Philippines is still considered one of the worst countries to be for journalists. Um, it's still considered one of the worst countries in terms of um, the in terms of the justice rate or in terms of the conviction rate for murdered journalists, um, and this is something that you know we see really at play here, um, especially at a time like this. Now suddenly, eleven thousand people, um, eleven thousand people's jobs are are totally affected. So this is 
kind of sad knowing that the Philippines was once or sometimes still is considered the freest press in Asia. But this is something that we have to deal with um, on a regular basis. And that is how we should kind of contextualize how the media operates in the Philippines. Because a lot of people think that because we have some semblance of democracy in the sense that oh, other media outlets are still being allowed to operate or in the sense that, oh, people are still allowed to say what they can online. We don't have, we supposedly don't have, you know, strict fake news laws unlike other countries in Southeast Asia. Then it means that the press is free or then it means that people still have freedom of speech or freedom of expression. Um, there's a bit of a problem sometimes in how people speak because just because other media outlets aren't are still being allowed to operate um, it doesn't mean that there's no attack on on the press um, or it doesn't mean that there's no that, that there's that that um there is no intimidation that doesn't currently exist there needs to be for for a vibrant democracy um a government or supporters of the government can't you know pick and choose what media outlets exist and which don't. Um, that's precisely the lifeblood of a democracy, that there is a variation of different points of view. And it's so difficult in the current context of the Philippines because, as I said, because of social media, there seems to be this kind of um, idea that, okay, we still have free speech, but then again, when you look at the context here, the internet in the Philippines is pumped with or polluted with a lot of propaganda, with a lot of online machinery. Um, and this is why the free press is more important now than ever, because we need independent sources of information. We need independent verification. So there, yeah. I just wanted to ask what you guys think should be the response of other media agencies in the Philippines, particularly big stations like GMA, TV5, the like. What should their response be given ABS-CBN's shutdown? Hmm, sa akin? Yeah. Okay, I'll start muna for, for ako mag-rancho. Um, I guess, uh, what can I say na hindi masyadong uh, inflaming? Um, I guess I, I think something that should happen is solidarity. As in, that's essential. Because this is an existential threat against journalists. This is basically the government telling all of journalists that if you report critically against the government, if you cross the line, we are going to close you down. Because si President Duterte mismo nagsabi na, kayo, tingnan nyo ha, ano mayayari sa inyo. It was a threat. And it's not only for ABS-CBN, but everybody else. At kung nare-recognize talaga ng lahat ng professional journalists yun, dapat tatayo tayo sa kanila. Hindi ko alam kung ano yung pinakang dapat gawin kung mag-protest ba, kailangan bang mag maglabas ng statement, kailangan bang merong um, certain kind of coverage na ilagay. Pero I am hoping na at most sa capacity namin at saka sa bawat isang journalist, dapat merong ginagawa para ma-recognize itong problemang ito. Um, ayoko rin namang sabihin na, okay, lahat ng journalists, let's, let's go do this. Let's, let's uh, post a statement. Let's, let's um, condemn the government. Kasi iba rin talaga eh. Um, a big issue which was raised earlier by Regine is 
um, media ownership. There's a context of uh, the owners of these companies possibly being linked with the government. There are owners who are afraid of being persecuted. We, we already happened. We already saw this happening to the Inquirer. Si Bakinasuhan ng mga prieto. And uh, this can happen to other media organizations, yung mga owners nila. And if there's no funding, there is no publishing. So it's also a tricky process for journalists, for all journalists here in the Philippines to stand together. Especially since meron talagang attacks in all levels. So itong ABS-CBN nga lang is just the tip of the iceberg. Makikita natin yung attacks behind the scenes against the, the people who own the networks. We makikita natin yung attacks against journalists themselves, yung mga trolls, inaatake sa private messages, may mga threats, and uh, yung mismong pagdidegrade ng legitimacy ng journalists. This repeated messaging of trolls saying na bayaran kayong media dahil nagpapublish kayo. Bayaran kayo dahil critical kayo sa gobyerno. So, I guess, um, I want my fellow journalists to just show their support. Kahit nga private messages lang sa ABS-CBN o sa mga journalists na iba, yung malaking tulong na yun. Solidarity, showing that these people, 11,000 workers, journalists with ABS-CBN, are not alone. I've also, um, I, I also agree with Ram. It's very difficult to kind of diagnose like a single course of action um, for people in the media industry. Um, especially considering how intertwined the media, local media economy is with corporate interests. So sometimes you might want to speak out on an individual or personal level, um, especially for the local, for people working in the local press. But then they have a limited ability um, to do so um, because they're under pressure from higher ups or the like. So it's very difficult. But Ram is right. At the end of the day, I think what also matters is that we are with them in terms of um, at least personal moral support, um, at least in terms of reaching out, um, PMing um, friends who work in the industry, checking up on them. Um, with regard to how we can move forward to this collectively, there are also organizations, of course, that release statements that um, record as well um, these kinds of um, possible attacks in the press and stuff like that. So um, in, in the context of the foreign press, the association that I'm a part of, Foreign Correspondents Association of the Philippines, um, also released a statement um, in support of ABS-CBN. Um, and so has the National Union of Journalists of the Philippines, as well as a number of other media organizations or media groups. Um, so um, being an active part of these kinds of associations also, um, which kind of monitor what goes on in terms of developments in press freedom is also probably another way that we can go about um, responding to issues like this. Um, thank you for mentioning that the organizations you're a part of, Reg, actually uh, sent out statements, very public statements, no, in support of ABS-CBN. Because um, speaking as a citizen who tries to keep herself um, updated with the news, I noticed that because of social media then, um, if we're bombarded with a lot of uh, information that essentially will not benefit us during this 
uh, anxiety-inducing pandemic, people tend to um, jump to conclusions and they tend to uh, live in fear, kumbaga, na parang, oh my God, okay, if they can do this to um, ABS-CBN, that means uh, other outlets possibly can't do their jobs to the best of their ability. And at least um, these organizations that you mentioned, Reg, actually uh, showed that they were in solidarity with ABS-CBN and their work will proceed as normal, even if, or at least as normal as normal can possibly be, no, uh, during this situation. So uh, it gives citizens a lot of comfort, actually, to see journalists really band together and tell each other and tell us, of course, that they will still be in pursuit of the truth and they will still try to inform as many people as they possibly can about what's going on. And I guess to add to everyone's statements then, uh, I guess it's really also a call to us citizens. I mean, see, Rambo and Reg are in the journalism field. Kame, we're also in the media, but uh, we're more citizens in this aspect. Not to really stop, not stop talking about it and discussing it on our own platforms. Although we're not completely sure that our message gets across to... Yeah parang the biggest audience out there but we do have our own circles to get to to try to persuade that uh this is what's right this is what we think is moral and this is what we believe the government should be doing because you know time and again well we've been speaking about this the past month in terms of the corona pandemic na you know we see that our opinions our dissent online is being responded to by the government through their own channels. Kunwari, ime mention dun sa weekly um, press con or whatever you want to call that. Um, or, you know, you see that we're not just, our words are not just random words on the internet that nobody will respond to, but something that they actually still might be terrified of. Na, you know, we're not backing down. We're still continuing to fight in our own ways. We're still, we're standing in solidarity with our friends in the media and our friends in journalism, our friends in the press. So, I mean, I guess it's really just that. And I think the bigger anadin is to reiterate that everything is political. I mean, some people would say that, you know, a TV show or a movie might not be political or, you know, my thoughts on Facebook might not be political, but everything you put out there has politics in it. I mean, ito may sidetrack a bit, but last night kasi I read this um, post on the Hamilton Philippines group. There was a, kasi regard, with regards to the ABS-CBN shutdown, there was a post that says, history has its eyes on you, President Duterte. And there was this girl who commented na, I went to this page for memes. I didn't think that there would be politics in here. And then now everyone's attacking me for my politics. And people are like, don't you realize that Hamilton as a musical, is a musical about politics and about the government and it's something that we can apply to our everyday lives. I think we have to reiterate that to a lot of people that um, that um, media or mga art is not just something for our entertainment but also something to push messages out there. Now, you can't just yeah. completely disregard those messages just because you like the actor, just because you like the music, just because you like the costumes or whatever. But it's something that we should participate in that, and that we should be aware that everything is political. 
musicals are political. This podcast is political, even though we are a pop culture podcast, right? So it's just something that we have to reiterate and let people know that, you know, we shouldn't be silent about these things and that we should be aware of the political implications of everything we see and we read and we put out there. Definitely, Cholo. If I could add to that, there's definitely no other bigger demonstration of how deeply intertwined politics is with entertainment and with pop culture than with the actual closure <laughs> of ABS. It's the total. It's the total demonstration of yeah. why these things are deeply connected, and they've always been. I mean, like. Ang Provenciano, for example, it's a pop culture show, but like so many of its stars have run for um, positions in politics and they've won. Um, so there, I also saw that post, by the way, on the Hamilton fan, <laughs> the fan page. It's so um, funny. Like of really, all the co- media content for you to complain about being political, talagang Hamilton yung magagalit ka. A show that's literally all about politics. Yeah, kidding? and you know, I kind of have a theory about how about why this is a problem for, for Filipinos. And I also had like a similar frustration because I'm part of a campus journalism group on Facebook where people basically ask for tips about um, schools press conference, schools of press conferences, tips for feature writing, tips for managing a school publication. Um, and last night, somebody also similarly posted on the group something along the lines of, if you're in favor of the ABS-CBN shutdown, just leave this group. You're not like a true campus journalist because you don't understand the essence of freedom of the press, etc., etc. So now people started accusing this, accusing this person of being elitist, of being prescriptive, and of, um, you know, like not being true to his principles because while he's saying he's for freedom of speech, he's shutting down... Mm-hmm. other people's freedom of speech just because they oppose him, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it seems to fly over everybody's heads, um, at least for the most part, based on the comments. And people commenting were largely stu- high school students mm-hmm. um, or sometimes college students or campus journalists or, or for the most part, um, older school paper advisors, high school teachers and stuff like that. So it seemed to fly over a lot of commenters' heads that there is a fundamental difference um, in terms of upholding um, freedom of speech between a guy, like a random guy on a Facebook group who says, okay, if you don't agree, um, just show yourselves the leave group button and an actual government that will shut down a network that services millions of viewers. And I think in part, this is due to a failure in our media literacy and education mm-hmm. system. People don't seem to recognize the fallacies in the arguments being put forward um, by propaganda, by, gov- by government propaganda, basically. Um, a lot of people here seem very averse to politics, Cholo. Like, you know, like the slight mention of politics, na parang, ah, parang, Hala, like, I don't want to talk about it. I just, let's just be happy, happy, um, and the like. Because a lot of people who were responding to the post on um, the, that particular post on the campus during group were also like that. They were saying stuff like, oh, let's just respect each other's opinion, let's be peaceful, etc., etc. Um, you know, pa pacifist, pa neutral na takes. Um, but there's not enough recognition, I think, in terms of media literacy level. 
um, that false neutrality is actually complacent with propaganda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Mm-hmm. That and okay, go on. Yeah, that there's something fundamentally wrong with saying that other that that the press should not be free or that certain press organizations should not be free. And then when somebody counters you, you say, No, I have I have I have I need to have my freedom of speech. You know, um it it's there's there's a contradiction there. Um, and people should recognize that. And I feel that that should definitely come um, at the level of basic education. So yeah, there. that's my rant about it. <laughs> yeah. And anyone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I really believe that neutrality has no place in responsible journalism because as a writer, you choose to pursue the truth. You choose to write about something that may be detrimental to one party or advantageous to the other simply because it's your responsibility as a journalist. So I really have no idea why these um, people you mentioned have been um, championing free speech and neutrality at the same time because there's there's some sort of dissonance there. Kumbaga, the free speech that we're trying to fight for is essentially the right for these media companies to give us the pure truth about our situations. So I, I really don't understand why someone would choose neutrality um, purely, I, I guess, or mostly from what, I've see, from what I've been seeing, purely from an emotional standpoint, simply because they don't want um, toxicity, they don't want to be bombarded by reality. Um, when in fact, if journalism is what you want to pursue, at least for the meantime in a campus setting, well, if you're if you're too neutral, tama, tama naman si poster, baka this isn't the industry for you because neutrality simply isn't truly, really, truly embedded in journalism. I really don't see it. I just wanted to, to add to that about neutrality. Usually the people who are saying that we have to be neutral, these are people who are speaking from a privileged position because they have the privilege, the luxury to not take a stand because the issue is not touching them. Once you're part of the issue, once it touches you, it's inevitable for you to know what is right and what is wrong. So it's impossible for you to be neutral. addition. I want to bounce off of that also in terms of neutrality, but in the world of advertising. I think brands are one of the biggest purveyors of wanting to stay neutral to issues such as these because typically they're not affected. But I think with the ABS-CBN shutdown, what we don't actually look into also is how it affects advertising and our brands, the sales. ABS-CBN is probably the biggest media company in this country. So a lot of our media spendings in advertising goes to airing commercials on ABS-CBN. So now with that gone, brands have a whole channel gone to their access, whole audience of people that they can no longer contact or inform them about their products. And I think now, especially with this, brands, ads, advertising in general, um, a medium that has a much wider reach than most people realize must take a stand or at least give their POV as to what's happening and how it impacts them. Because an impact on advertising is also an impact on our economy as well. So ayun, it's a struggle for me as an advertising, uh, as, part, as part of the advertising industry that we always have to stay neutral. But I think now more than ever, kailangan magsalita na lahat. Even brands, even agencies. 
And really, I mean, yun nga, I guess it begs to say that there's really no space to be neutral anymore. Na you have to have a stand at this point. And we should start realizing that, I mean, or at least persuading other people. It, it might be difficult, but at least we should try na, you know, to get our opinions out there. Kasi yun nga, for example, in the music industry as well, we've already experienced this uh, last year with the Shanti Dope controversy, right? Na what should be in a song? What does the song mean? What does, you know, everything is, ano talaga eh, in a stand, there, there has to be a stand behind everything and you can't just, yun nga, reiterating the Hamilton aspect of it all. If you don't stand for, if you stand for nothing, burr, what will you fall for, diba? And uh, it's just really the bigger umbrella nga as Regine. I really like what Regine said about media literacy. And yun nga, we have to recognize also the educational system is a big part of who, what is happening and how people are responding to it. Because, for example, yun nga, we're lucky enough to understand Hamilton on that level, although it's very evident. Lagi naman talaga yung Hamilton, di ba? But what other modes of thinking have been perpetuated by other industry by other institutions for them to think differently right i mean or what kind of uh, media literacy has been provided to those people if any for them to not see how things can be political or things have meaning behind them aside from the surface level that everyone sees so uh, yeah i mean aside from that um do you guys want to add anything else about this issue because I guess we've pretty much covered a lot of um, issues uh, rooted within what is happening with the ABS-CBN shutdown. So I guess with that, uh, we have pretty much covered what has happened, what we think, uh, what we think uh, relates to it. Uh, I guess siguro last question along for everyone is what do you think is next and what should we do? Or continue to do. I mean, we've been saying it earlier as well. Na you know, this is just the beginning. So, in response to the events, how should we go about this, and how should we continue? Especially now that you know the lockdown hasn't been uh, officially closed yet. We're closing supposedly in a week, but we're not quite sure yet. Uh, how do you think we should go about this, and how should we move forward? Especially that. Um, this, we don't really know when ABS-CBN will be back or if they will be back or who will own them if they will be back. You know, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of theories and conspiracies, conspiracies then now, uh, okay, Bongo, Bongo will just save the day and save ABS-CBN and then all these things, right? Okay. Uh, can I speak first? Um, speaking yes. as an ordinary citizen who is really privileged, to be able to um, access a lot of information online and through other uh, cable networks as well. I'd like to speak for uh, my other like, fellow privileged citizens who do enjoy all of these luxuries. Um, I do implore them to really uh, support ABS-CBN digitally, especially now, because I think that will be uh, the main focus of uh, their work, of course, of how they can uh, still relay the truth to us and also how they will be able to potentially um, not incur as much losses as we probably think they can incur now. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of restructuring towards digital. And I'd like to implore my fellow citizens then to not just 
be updated with the news and to leave it at that, but to engage with digital posts, to share digital posts, because these numbers actually mean a lot, especially um, if a company is weighing down how important a digital avenue is. So I think that's the uh, first step that citizens like me can actually do. And essentially, they should just um, stay vigilant and to not forget about what happened because what happened is an injustice to everyone. Siguro for me, um, I'd, I'd ask the question directly to the listeners and ask them to ask themselves, what can you do right now? Ano yung networks mo ba? Ano ba yung talents mo? Ano ba yung meron ka ngayon? Anong pwede mong gawin para makatulong sa kung anong pinapanindigan mo? Um, and th this is where I want to thank you, Cholo, for opening up this platform for everyone, opening up your own platform to discuss this issue. And I think um, your listeners and everyone else can actually contribute in however they can. Um, I guess the challenge now is to go beyond tweets yeah. and to go beyond just ranting. Kasi lahat naman ng tao merong kapasidad mag-organize. You can PM everybody, you know. Um, as long as you have a network, you can do something. You can do a project. You can... Um, you can do ano to, um, an online campaign or you can just kahit nga, ano lang, eh, conversations among ourselves to process it well and to, to have a plan kung ano gagawin once the lock, lockdown ends. Because again, this is not happening in a vacuum. This will continue on. It's in the context of a culture of diminishing, diminishing the rule of law, diminishing press freedom. So you have to think of how would you want to place yourself in that context and how can you better or how can you improve that context how can you improve this situation in the philippines um i guess ano lang mga menial in the house managing uh, tasks just tweet with the pen defend press freedom at stand with abs-cbn um from an advertising perspective i think for all agencies um, we don't always realize just how much impact we have on what our clients want to say and how they say it. So for everyone in an advertising agency right now who have clients that are willing to give out their voice, let's implore these clients um, with what message is best to send out right now. And just to use our media privileges wisely and for the betterment of Filipinos. So that's me from advertising. Hi, okay, so um, on my end, for sure, um, just to echo um, a point raised by Erica earlier, being neutral is not the same as being truthful. And this is something that I think a lot of people still have to realize on some level. So some things that I plan to do in terms of uh, um, personal actions. Um, I'll continue to report. I'll definitely continue to do my job as long as I am able and as much as I am able um, given this quarantine. I'll continue to follow, retweet, and read reports from the local press and particularly from ABS-CBN. And I encourage um, the listeners of this show to also do the same. Um, I'm brainstorming some possible um, options for new spaces or um, possible initiatives for campus journalists so that we can have non-toxic conversations and possibly, you know, come up with concrete plans for how we can advocate for media literacy in a more informed way. Um, and if you are part of an organization, um, 
maybe it's time to speak up, take a stand, um, add your voice to the chorus of voices that are talking about this. Um, we've seen that um, our alma mater, the comm department of Ateneo, has come up with its own statement. Um, we also see that campus papers in Ateneo have also weighed in, um, and they even banded together to come up with a unified statement about this. Um, so maybe that's another way also that, that we can go about it. Um, maybe just on last note, um, a personal reflection. No? Um, last night when ABS-CBN went offline and the screen turned black, I really felt like we were kind of plunged into this, this darkness and uncertainty, not just in terms of the jobs of the people working in ABS-CBN, but also in terms of the state of press freedom and the state of information for people who need who need the news the most. But there was something really dystopian and there was something very urgent about the visual of how the screen just turned black after the newscast. Like you wouldn't and you wouldn't know when it would go on air again. There was something very striking about that. But at the same time, I'm not sure if it's been as instant as that particular moment. Because we've seen in the past that there was a precedent for this, that this has happened before the Rappler, um, that the threats against journalists, um, against other organizations like Inquirer have also taken place before. Um, so I'm not so sure if it's been an instant turning off of the lights at, as it has been a gradual dimming and then we didn't know na nandito na pala tayo sa kadaliman, <laughs> you know? Um, but yun, as we say in the Washington Post, democracy dies in darkness. So as much as possible as reporters, as people working in the media, whether or not you're in journalism, um, let's try to work in our own ways to shed the light in our own little spots of darkness. Ayun. And I guess to add to Regine's, my final statement for this show, uh, for this episode for, uh, specifically, uh, nga, um, in this darkness that we are experiencing, I hope everyone becomes a light to each other. Uh, let's continue to be informed. And of course, let's continue to speak up and be in solidarity with our kapamilya, with our fellow media practitioners, with our press, and with everyone. Our, we are... With, we are with you to everyone who is affected by this. Of course, we continue to hope and pray for the healing of the people and the world because and through as we go through this corona pandemic as well. And of course, yun nga, I hope we continue to speak up and find platforms to talk about these important matters in uh, our country and in the world as well. And with that, I would like to thank everyone. Thank you. Paula, Erica, Ram, and Reg for being here in our special panel. Um, it was re a really good conversation about it that I hope a lot of people get to listen and get to share with other people as well because we raised a lot of great uh, points on this episode. Um, of course, um, after this episode, we will be continuing with our month-long anniversary special. Uh, we will be resuming with our regular programming as well. So you can listen to all our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And we're also on Radio Katipunan 87.9 FM. All our video episodes are there. Um, 
And we are on social media for more updates at Popcorn with Cholo. That's at Popcorn with Cholo. Do, does anyone want to plug before we go? Magbasa na lang kayo sa <laughs> reliable source. Read the news. Read yes. the news, not the trolls. And I, yep. as, a, as a light comment, no to NTC and yes to NCT. <laughs> Stan NT, NCT. Stan, Stan NCT. NCT. <laughs> So thank you again, guys. Uh, we hope to see you again in the next episodes. Thank you, everyone, and goodbye.